the whole manifestation kitchen element was created because I wanted something that would embody Victoria. That it was just that simple. That was my manifestation. Welcome to Ask the Pros, where I do my very best to unpack actionable, valuable insights and with the goal of helping you live your dream life. I sit down with top entrepreneurs, professionals, making a difference around the globe so they can tell their stories. In doing so, I aim to inspire and motivate other people that may be struggling or looking for a new spark around their personal life or career path. So, Victoria, welcome to Ask the Pros, where we speak to professionals, entrepreneurs, you know, trying to tell your story, share your journey, you know, and in a way, you know, use that to inspire and motivate others. And on this show, you know, we always start from the beginning, which means, you know, telling us, who is Victoria? How did this whole thing start for you? This whole cooking business. So I know Manifestation Kitchen is relatively new. You know, it started from Vic's Kitchen, which you're going to give us a bit of backstory. But in terms of starting out, you know, professional life, you know, entrepreneur as well, you know, how did this all start for you? Well, one, I just want to say thanks so much for inviting me here, Kez, and stuff that, you know, we've been talking for a while and it's taken us a while <laughs> to get here. So yeah. I appreciate it. Um, but yeah. How, well, who's Victoria? Goodness, that's a loaded question. So Victoria is someone, she's full of energy. That's one thing. So when people see her, she's, they're like, wow, the energy. But also, most importantly, Victoria is someone who has experienced different areas of lives where she's had highs and lows, but the highs and lows have actually paved the way so that Manifestation Kitchen can, can be, be. Can be born. Yeah, can be. So, you know, that's, that's Victoria. And the whole manifestation kitchen element was created because I wanted something that would embody Victoria. That it was just that simple. That was my manifestation. I, I had been thinking of a way to be able to package me so that I didn't have a spin-off of some sort. I just wanted everything underneath one umbrella, uh, one umbrella. So, um, yeah, I mean, five, six years ago, I climbed Kilimanjaro thinking there was something missing and Great. knowing, right? And knowing that climbing the mountain would, I knew somehow that climbing the mountain would give me certain answers. I didn't know what answers there were and I didn't know what was missing, but I'd been wanting to climb Kilimanjaro like two or three years previous to me actually climbing the mountain. And um, and when I climbed, I came back. By the time I came back down, within a month, I had set up Vic's Kitchen, which was my original company. And I literally came down the mountain, came home, thawed out because the mountain is cold. And then Vic's Kitchen was created. And Vic's Kitchen was all about creating cooking sauces and selling them to shops and supermarkets, which and it did really well, got a really amazing following. However, I had the, I still had that element of something's missing. There was something just not quite right. Prior to Vic's Kitchen, I'd actually thought I was depressed and I didn't know how to address that because as a, as an affluent, six-figure earning black woman, I was like, mm, if I tell anybody that I'm depressed, I'm going to lose my contracts. I'm not going to be in the senior positions in the corporate world that I would be. So I didn't know who to speak to. And um, going to Kilimanjaro was part of, was for me, was part of that healing process even though I didn't realize it at the time, it was part, it was all part of the process. And it was so interesting because when I was running Vic's Kitchen, I also went through a state where my career in the corporate world stopped. It just, it just came to a halt. I'd been working in the corporate world for 20 years. I had always had very, very affluent contracts. And all of a sudden, it was, it was almost as if I stopped to exist. And I don't know if anybody has um, watched the film, It's a Wonderful World, but it's a really good film to watch because it's about a guy who 
um, get shown what his life would be like without him in there. Well, I actually experienced that for real. It was crazy. Nobody was calling me. When I called people, I'd never had to call anybody for a job before. They had always called me. And when I called them, they were nice and polite, but nothing ever followed through. It was the most bizarre four years of my life. So I went from earning six figures to earning nothing. So so how did that make you feel? Initially, because I still had money, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take advantage of this and just have an amazing time. And I love traveling. So I was all over the world doing amazing things. A year later, I'm like, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? Have I lost my, have I lost my skills? Um, and then, so the fear crept in, the uncertainty, or oh, I might never work again. But also while this was happening, I was being told or approached by people who were saying, look, until you lean into your gift, nothing's going to change. Yeah. And I didn't know what that gift was because I thought my gift was heading projects and programs in the, in the corporate world. And I was an amazing cook. But then I started to realize that when I cook for people, people's responses to my food wasn't the normal of, oh, this is amazing. It was like, oh my God, I needed that. Oh my goodness. That, you know. So it was a case of, you know, like the Bible says your gift will make room for you. So it it was that case. yeah. Amen. Amen. It was literally that, but it still didn't sink. And you know, if, if, if you don't listen to God, God will find a way to sort of like make you hear what he's got to say. And people were saying, oh, so you need to lean into your gifts. I'm thinking, so is it the food? And people were going, no, listen, listen to yourself. Listen to how you interact with people. And I bumped into someone or someone had been introduced to me and they asked me a question. They said, when you go down the street, actually, they asked me a number of questions. They said, when you go down the street, do people just come and hug you? I was like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that happens. And the, the next question was, when things happen, have you sometimes already foreseen that? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like a, like a deja vu moment. Right. And then, and then they asked me another question, which I can't remember. And they said, but do you think all this is normal? And I was like, I've never really thought about it. And then I got, this person said, well, actually you're gifted and you need to explore that. And I was like, oh no, no way. No, because what does this mean? I'm a Christian, right? I was like, what do you mean? That I can see things, that I can heal? Oh no, I, this doesn't make sense. So you do what every, you do what, you do what every girl would do. Oh, that's what I think anyway. I call my mom and I say, mom, <laughs> this, this gift, what is it? And she goes, oh my, she goes, my darling, everybody's intuitive. I wouldn't worry about it. She goes, yeah, everybody's intuitive. So I don't think anything about it, right? I don't think anything about it. But then as life carries on, I'm still cooking for Vic's Kitchen and my food is having more of an effect on people. And I will cook for people and people will say to come to me and go, oh, Vic, can you just touch me? I've got a bit of a pain. So I would touch them. And they'd go, how did you know to touch there? I'm like, I don't know. And Hmm. they they would sit there in silence and they did go, oh, that was amazing. Thank you. It happened. It's funny. I bumped into somebody last week or two weeks ago and she said to me, Oh Vic, you know, a lot of people call me Vic. Um, she said, Oh, you remember my knee? You know, I had pain on my knee and I went, sure. She went, you know, since she touched it, the pains never come back. Oh. And I was like, huh. And this kept starting to happen, but I still didn't know what it meant. And then people would come to me and ask for advice, but people have been coming to me and asking for advice since I was like 15. So nothing really, things had been happening, but I'd never mapped everything together. And the more I was in this place of not earning any money, what I believe was that God gave me the time, the quiet space where I wasn't being distracted in the corporate world to actually listen and pay attention to. To, to, to discover yourself. Just discover myself pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah, so it was just. Great, yeah, great, great. But but you know, gr- growing up here as a as a little as, as a little girl, Victoria, did you did you, what were your interests? What was it cooking? Because because now it was was that part of your interest cooking, or you or you or you or you were interested in that growing up? <laughs> Do you know what? 
there's there's a funny story um, that we have. So I have two older sisters and they're very good cooks. And when they lived at home, I had no interest in cooking because they cooked. And I never wanted to be in the kitchen. It's interesting. I never wanted to be in the kitchen with anybody. So if they asked for help, you know, like in Africa, you would you would norm it's not a one person job you'll get in one person's going to do the onions the crayfish no i never ever wanted to be in the kitchen on but at the age of 11 my mum said to me you're going to boarding school you need to learn how to cook and i remember my first meal was making rice and i don't know if you've heard of potter potter rice where you put too much water to the point where the rice is just disgusting <laughs> that was my first meal right and my dad was like, you're going to eat this food. And I had to pay a cousin of mine to eat it because it was that disgusting. So hmm, was I interested in cooking? Um, I don't know. I did cook eventually, but I don't know if I cooked because I wanted to. I think I cooked because my mom was like, well, your sisters have both traveled. So you're in charge of the kitchen. So, you know, because I was born here, but I went back to Cameroon. Okay. So when my sisters had learned how to cook from a very young age, I started learning how to cook probably from around 11, which in Cam- in Africa is quite old to learn how to cook, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. So, uh, so, yeah, so I don't know if it's that I, I had that. What were my interests? I had a, the one thing I'll say as a young girl, um, I think from the age of about six to the age of about 18, which was when I was in Cameroon, I gave a lot of people advice. A lot of people came to me. I was the person who would determine how situations would unfold in school, in my peer groups. I was that person. And it's only now that I realized what that was. But at the time, I didn't know what it meant. But yeah, people would come to me. Um, if they wanted to be, to be in a relationship, they would come to me and ask for advice. And I did no idea why they came to me and I'm I don't know even if that advice was even great but I did I gave a lot of advice but people who still know me through those days will say to me you predicted stuff in my life that ended up happening and I'm like huh interesting so it, it it's it didn't start today you know it didn't it didn't start today. It's been going on for a while. I just didn't know what it was. Cool, Victoria. Man. So how, I, I know you mentioned something about corporate world and managing projects and all that. So how did you find project management? Oh, my goodness. So you want to hear something? So I studied in Manchester, mm-hmm. which is where you are, right? I studied in Manchester and I always worked. I always worked. So when I was at university, I had a five-day-a-week job. But I worked at night. So I would finish my class, which was a full-time university course, and then I would go to work. And the the one, it was at the time, Salford University was one of four universities in the UK that taught project management. Nobody knew what project management was. Most organizations didn't even want to smell a project manager because the belief was that you were going to come in and tell them that everything they were doing was wrong. So they weren't even interested in recruiting project managers. And my my project management class, I had to miss half of it every week because I had to get to work. I used to work for British Telecom as a customer service advisor. And every time I'd go to work, I had to miss half an hour of project management. So I would go to work from five till 10. Then I would drive. I was lucky I had a car. I would drive to my friend's um, halls of residence and then I would take notes so that I would be up to scratch for for the class. Needless to say, by the end of the semester, I'd failed. I'd failed that particular class. I hadn't failed the whole thing, but I failed project management. So at this time, project management meant nothing to me. And I was like, eh, you know what? I failed it, but everything else was okay. You know, I was up for a pass. I wanted to get at least a 2-2. So I was like, okay, let's keep on moving on this. And then out of out of the blue, the, the lecturer, who I was very close to, decided that he was going to run summer classes for £10 a session. And those summer classes were going to be project management classes. I don't think he's ever done them since, and he'd never definitely done them before. So I was like, well, I'm working. I can afford £10. I'm on this. 
And I remember him teaching one day and we were doing network diagrams. And a lot of people in project management these days don't even know what network diagrams are. But honest to God, is the best way to learn project management. And I remember screaming in class. So this is the life of Victoria. I scream in class and everybody goes, what? And I basically said, I have found what I am meant to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> and everybody went, what? And I went, this is it. I was like, this is it. A light, a light bulb moment. It was, it was as clear as day. And what's so, what's so funny is it was true for about 20 years. And then, and then it wasn't, it wasn't true. You know, it changed, but I, there is nothing on project management that you can ask me that you, that you can ask me that I don't know the answer to. I'll wake up. I can wake up in the middle of the night and talk about project management. I'm so passionate about it. I, I was, I was an advocate for, project management before it became this high pay, paying um, profession that people now have. And professionally, I've just been very successful and very lucky because I leaned into it. But what I didn't realize, what I didn't realize is that when I used to walk into an organization and look at a project and go, that's not going to work, that's going to work, that's not going to work. I now realize that that was my intuition working with my job that I had never, ever known existed. So again, it didn't start today. This is all, this has all been, you know, a way of, you know, God's plan, if you want to call it that, right? <laughs> yeah, great, great. Well, I know, okay, now you spoke about your, your cooking thing, uh, project management as well, you know. So, when did you know that you know you had that entrepreneurial skill? You know, like you you you've gifted in terms of you know turning your passion into into business because cooking now now became your passion, right? It it was yeah. Cooking became cooking became more of a passion. It became something. It so I describe my cooking. It's like watching the hands of God work. It's it's an outer body experience for me. I can literally visualize a meal and I can create it from scratch. Um, I'm not, I'm not, a, I wouldn't call myself a chef. It just literally comes from the soul. And the whole food thing, I didn't know that I was an entrepreneur. I didn't think of that. I actually used to go to a party, a yearly party. And every time I went to that party, I would take food. Everybody else would take alcohol and I would always make a dish. And as the years went by, every time this party would take place, people would start saying, well, Vic, can you make sure you bring the chicken? Vic, can you make sure you bring the pepper? Can, can Vic, is Vic coming? Can Vic bring the rice? Can Vic? So it became a thing where people were placing orders and it wasn't even my party. And then one day at this party, um, someone who I know actually walks past me, holds this bowl of sauce in her hand. And she says to me, you should sell this. And that was it. It wasn't like, oh, wow, I'm going to be good at business. She was just like, you should sell this. And I think by that summer, I had created my first ever jars of cooking sauces and I was selling them to friends and family and anybody else that would buy. It was a huge learning curve for me, though, because I did very little research. I didn't know. And I was I was begging for help. And I didn't know there was very little help available that I could tap into. So I did everything in the best way that I could with and made mistakes along the way. But one of the biggest learning curves for me was that I listened to people. So people would say to me, why don't you try this out? Why don't you try this out? And I remember on one occasion, somebody said to me, you should start selling in the farmer's market. Now, if anybody has sold in a farmer's market, it is not easy work because you have to get up early and you have to get your produce down. You have to set up a stall. It's it's a lot of work. And I did that. I remember doing it once and I and I thought, mm, this isn't as glamorous as I thought. Um, but I did it again for a year. I did it for a year in my business. And it was, it was the making of me because it showed me how much I respected my brand and how much I believed in it to be able to get up to, to work five days a week, managing over a hundred people in my team. And then, and, and at the same level 
get up on a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning and go to load my car, go to a soup, go to a, a farmer's market and sell in the rain, cold, sun, snow, whatever, and sell and then pack again and go home and then be ready for work on the Monday. Yeah. So it, for me, it showed me how much tenacity I had, you know, but I think one of my biggest learning curves was being asked by the ideal home show to, to sell there and the ideal home show. The first one I did, my first ever gig was an 18 day, 10,000 people a day show. Wow. And yeah, I, that was, that was tough, but I sold and sold. I think we sold over 3000 units and I, I, I was running out of stock and I had to go home and cook after a 10 hour day and then bring more sources into the show to sell. It was crazy, but it was just one of the best experiences of my life. So, yeah. So, so is, is it a passion for me? It's a spiritual, it's a, it's a spiritual leaning and, um, and I'm grateful for it. Wow. Great, great. But, but all this, all this was done on that Vic's kitchen, right? All that was done on the Vic's kitchen, which is now closed. <laughs> <laughs> so that, yeah. So that comes to my next question. Now, manifestation kitchen is now is not a new thing for you now. You know, and yeah. you're, you're pushing that right now as, as your brand. So, what, yeah. what what made you close Vic's kitchen? Well, Vic's kitchen. As much as I love her, um, and when when I say I've closed her, she's resting right now, right? So she, I still own the brand and everything else. So she's resting, but she just. I was trying to, it was almost like I was trying to take a square peg and put it through a round hole. I was trying to take all the healing work that I was doing and putting it into Vic's kitchen. I was trying to do, I was trying to do all the, um, the coaching work that I was doing and putting it on the Vic's kitchen. And it just didn't seem like it, that was the essence of it. And I realized that the more, the more I was working, it was, it became more about, not more than Vic's Kitchen. It became more about me, the brand, but everything else that I've that I've gone through, what everything that I've experienced, and that was really important because there's nothing that I teach, there's nothing that I work with that I haven't experienced myself. So it was important that I had an umbrella, I had a sort of like an umbrella that would represent all of that, not just the food element. And as you can see from the logos. If I move there, you can see the logos. Yeah. As you can see from the logos, you've got the fires. You've still got the spoon and the fork. Um, you've got my name, right? So it encompasses everything. The only difference in this is that um, there are no products. There are no uh, there are no sort of like jars of cooking sauces anymore. And with the times that we're in, and also you know, a way forward for Vic's Kitchen. Who knows? Who knows? But right now, this encompasses all of me. Great, great. But, you know, it, it seems you're, you're, you're very busy, you know, work and, and, your, and your business as well, you know. How do you stay creative, you know? And, and, and I know cooking has a bit of creativity into it as well, you know. How do you stay creative yeah. and, and bring, bring out the, the good recipes and the good taste as well, you know, and the healing process as well? So I'm, I'm very much, so I have, I have a structure in the morning. And it's something that I teach and it's something that I, it, it has taken me through. It's taken me from a six figure salary. It's taken me from where I was in my six figure salary, where, then where I earned nothing back to six figures. Right. So I'm back to my six figures and working on seven. Right. Okay. And this, and this is, and this is the way I see it. When you wake up in the morning, I have a structure where I give gratitude for everything that I have. So when I wake up in the morning, I see trees. All my windows are kissed by trees. I actually manifested this home. I prayed and asked for this home uh, one night. And within 12 hours, I woke up and there were four missed calls with somebody saying to me, oh, my uncle has this apartment ex exactly in the middle of Enfield, which is what I prayed for the night before. And the question was, do you want it? So I have a structure where I, am, I give gratitude but then I pray. And when I say I pray, one thing that I realize, and if some, as someone who was brought up in the church, I think it's very easy for us to, when we pray, we pray like a robot. So if you say to someone, oh, the Lord's Prayer, for example, we say it, and sometimes we don't think of the words. 
I lean into my words and I have practiced leaning in. So when I say our father, I I go in and understand what does our father mean? When I say hallowed be thy name, I actually go in and understand what hallowed be thy name is. And then at the end, I will do all my other prayers. I will pray for my business. I'll pray for everything else. But then most importantly, I then go into my manifestation mode. I ask for stuff. So after I said thank you, then I start asking. So it really is quite interesting. Um, It happened the other day. Have I still got this? Um, It's really interesting. I've got a crazy amount of paper on here. Uh, I can see it. So I went to bed the other day. I was really tired and, um, and I couldn't figure out what content I wanted. So, but my body was going, oh, and I could feel myself. And I'm like, no, I need, I need to stay awake. And my body was just going, you need to sleep. So, and I was like, but I want to, I need this content. So I literally, before I went to bed, I was like, I was, I was like, please God, I just need this content. I don't know how it's going to come. I woke up a few hours later. I don't know if you can see, but I wrote all of this. Now I am not a writer. I am not a writer at all. Can you see all that? Yeah, I can see. I can I, see that. It was like a download. It was like a download in about, it took less than 60 seconds. And I just wrote and wrote and wrote. And that was content for about six days. That's how I get creative. And that's what I teach people. I teach people how to connect to their higher selves because we are all programmed. We are programmed to have our hair like this. We're programmed that we need a logo, you know, for our businesses. We're programmed that we need a mic and we need a bookstore and we need to have a, you know, we are, we're programmed, right? And we're programmed in such a way that we're all, we almost dilute ourselves. Now, that means that our super consciousness, which everybody has the ability to connect to, is dim, which is why you'll get people saying, oh, this always happens to me. Oh, I've been wanting X for so long. Well, why can't I earn six figures? Oh, God, I wish I could earn six figures. Or, you know, I wish I had the love of my life or whatever. And it's because when we ask for it or when we connect to it, we connect to it from a programmed mentality as opposed to a higher level of consciousness. So how, how, do, you, how do you achieve a higher level of consciousness? Come and work with me. <laughs> Come and work with me. Because um, not only have I studied alchemy, but also I have, you know, I've experienced, I have had to connect to my higher level to be able to, bring in to my life what I needed, you know? So it's, it's, it's more about, and, it, and this is the exciting thing. It's more about connecting to what you would love and connect, connecting to what your heart wants as opposed to how it's going to happen. Everybody is so hell bent on the how that they're not connecting to what they actually want to bring in. Some of the most easiest, some of the most precious things in our lives just happened. You walk down the stairs, you meet this woman, you fall in love with her. Before you know it, you get married. Nobody told you that, oh, if you walk down the stairs, you're going to meet this woman and fall in love with her. You know, um, like me, I, um, <laughs> it's so funny. I, I remember going to see a friend of mine. I came back from Africa this time last year. And a friend of mine, a friend of mine was, uh, what was she doing? She was trying to invite me to an event and I didn't want to go. I really didn't want to go. She was messaging me all the way from Cameroon. She's like, girl, this party is going to be amazing. Come. I didn't want to go. I walk into that party or into that event a week later. I meet someone who I have briefly connected with, don't know her well, have no affinity with her whatsoever. And within 30 minutes, she offers me a $75,000 ticket to go to an event in the States. There is nowhere that says how that's going to happen. Wow. See what I mean? That's great, man. I think, I, I think the, for, for me, I think, I think when something is, I think, I think the things that come to you should, should be easy, shouldn't be hard. You know, you should, you shouldn't work too hard for saying things. You know, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean you shouldn't put it, put in your best or putting your all into it. But I just feel that there's same things that, you know, God wants you to have and, and you don't really need to work hard for it. You know, like you don't need to hustle and struggle. That, that, that's, that, that, that's my take anyway. Yeah, I, I agree. I think what it is, is you have to, you have to put in the effort. So you, you go back to, you reap what you sow, right? You go back to, you reap what you sow. However, if it's too much of a pull and push, 
one of the things that I teach people is, well, take a moment and ask yourself, why is there so much of a pull and push? Because is it that there's something that you're missing? Or is it that whatever you're going for just wasn't meant for you? Yeah. So I think, I think we have to, I think we work hard, but I don't think things are meant to be painful and difficult. Yeah. That's, you know? yeah, that's but, the word. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I, I, you know, one of the, it, it was so funny because when I wanted this apartment, honest to God, it happened within 12 hours. I prayed for it. The next morning, there was a phone, there was four phone calls telling me there's this apartment available. It was so simple. It was effortless. At the time, I was almost homeless, believe it or not. And this is something else that, you know, and I love telling this story because as an African, especially, it's almost like you, what? You know, where's your family? Where's this? I, I literally, I was, almost, I was almost homeless twice. Seriously. Where's your and, mom? Where's your dad? <laughs> right, right, right. And but I remember one night, so I went to stay with, I went to stay with some, a friend, a family friend for, for about a week. And when I got there, it was actually, the, it was the same night that I actually prayed for this apartment. And then the landlord called me and said, look, it's going to be a month before you can move in because we have to clean it out and blah, blah. And I was like, okay. And I was like, is there no sooner? He went, no. And where I was staying, as much as I was grateful, I knew that I couldn't stay there. I just knew that I couldn't. So again, I got on my knees and I prayed and I said, listen, God, I need a new home. I need somewhere and I, and I need somewhere that's comfortable for me. And I went to bed and as I lay down, my text message pinged and someone sent me a message and said, I'd forgotten to tell you that I have the keys to this penthouse in London. Wow. It's free. Um, do you want it? I need, I need to tap, I need to tap into some of those, some of those miracles, man. <laughs> it, the miracles are unbelievable. Or, you know, or me coming back from this, me going to the States for three weeks and end up staying there for three months because I get flown around the country. No expense to me. I just keep on getting invited and having business deals and Vic's Kitchen getting more and more clientele before the COVID pand- pandemic. Or me coming back and um, a friend of mine who's a mechanic, when I sold my Q7, so I bought a brand new Q7 when in my early days and had it all designed for me. And then when things became challenging, I sold it. And this guy basically went, whatever car you need, just come to the garage and take one. And he gave me a car for a year and I eventually bought a car from him. But then a few weeks ago, I took my car in for servicing. He gave me a courtesy car. And I looked at this car and you may laugh, but I said to the car, you're so beautiful. Do you want to be mine? And I promise you that car said yes. And I rang my friend and I said, is this car for sale? And he went, yes. And I said, "Um, how much is it? And he told me. And I was like, how about you buy my car back? And then I'll take this one. And um, I won't say what he said me, but there's a lot of F's and everything else in it. And he was like, I don't want your car. You know, it's it's an old diesel. I was like, yes, but you sold me this car. Do you know what? I now have a manifested BMW outside my house wow. that I paid pretty much nothing for. Wow. And even better, she is 19 years old. But get this, she's only done 25,000 miles. So she's, she's brand new. She's got a 19-year-old registration, but she's two years old. That's great, man. That's great. That's great. You, you, there, there's, there, there are amazing things happening to you, you know. And so, how, how do you, how do you spread this love, man? Is it, is it through, is it through the, is it through your cooking now? Tell us how you spread this love. It's, it's through, it's through cooking. It's through. So basically, I have programs where people come and work with me, and people come and work with me for six months. People come and work with me for a year. And what I do is I teach them how to connect to their higher selves. But also, as we go through that process, I work on their food so that the food is designed for them. The food is designed for them so that it connects them to their higher self. Food is not meant to be tampered with, right? Food is not meant to be tampered with. Food is um, food comes from the earth or it grows on trees or whatever, but food is not meant to be tampered with. Food is so good. Food is so gorgeous. So, for example, if you look at tomatoes, tomatoes are really good for the heart, right? If you look at, if you're ever feeling uh, unsettled, sweet potatoes, especially purple sweet potatoes, are very grounding. So I, I eat a lot of sweet potatoes because I do a lot of work. And when I do a lot of work with people, 
I pick up people's energies. So for me to stay calm, I actually slice this sweet potato, put it in the oven with a bit of salt, bit of olive oil, and I grill it and I have it with homemade hummus. Really grounding, really calming. If you're feeling bloated or feeling swollen or anything else, some turmeric, some ginger in water, brilliant. All this food is great for the body and for the soul. And what I do is I work with people who are suffering from depression and anxiety or are trying to manifest their best life. And I just work with them. For example, you know, uh, carrots. Carrots are good for your eyes. Yeah. So there's just all these beautiful foods, all natural that and when they come into season, that's and that's a secret, actually. Always check to see if the food is in season, because especially in this country where we have a lot of food that is genetically genetically modified. Modified, Yeah. You have to be careful because it may not have the desired effect. But when food is in season, then more than likely it will digest better and it will heal better. And um, you just launched a manifestation kitchen now, you know. So how's that? How, how's that going in terms of the launch and gain awareness and people building that community? Because you're building this new community now, you know. So how's that going in terms of you know reaching out to to, to people? Do you know what? It's going really well. It's going really, really well. So um, on Instagram, you can follow us at Manifestation Kitchen. And she is, she's growing. We're getting a lot of traction on um, on the post. The po- oh, my God. You know what? The comments for the post are, they're funny. They're inspiring. We're loving them. We're actually having people who are actually introducing their friends or their clients to actually come on and actually have a look at our post, which I'm so honored by. Um, also there's a lot of people who've come and worked. So I did a launch special, um, and, um, and I didn't think I'd actually do that special again. And it was coming to work with me for two hours and it gave people an idea of the work that I do. So you can work with me for two hours and, um, people came to me with almost like an entangled life where they were just feeling stuck. They didn't know how to unfold. And what I do is I actually map their lives together. So to see, why certain beliefs are still very predominant in their lives and actually how to unfold that and give them a solution of moving forward. Um, worked with people's children, worked with, um, worked with a couple of sisters, uh, where one sister then sort of like recommended me to, to, to the other sister, which has been great. So it's been really busy. Um, the community is still growing, still doing sort of like live videos. You can find me on LinkedIn underneath Victoria Dio. And um, where else? On Twitter. Uh, and actually, if you go onto Instagram, everything you need to see on my bio, you can connect to me via Instagram on my bio. You can connect to me to YouTube, to my YouTube channel, so you can see other podcasts. You can see, you can WhatsApp me on my bio on um, on Instagram. You can access my Twitter account. You can ac- You can access everything. You can access Facebook. You can access everything just from Instagram. So I send everybody to Instagram and just go, go click on the bio and, and find out everything there. It's all you need to, it's just one click and you get in, you get to see the website. Um, and also you get to see, you get to register as well, if you want, so that you can receive a call from me and we can have a chat. So everything is on Instagram. That's great, man. So if, if someone is listening to you and say, oh, she, she, she said Vic's, Vic, uh, Vic's Kitchen and Vic's Kitchen is closed. How are we so sure Manifestation Kitchen is not going to close as well? What would you say to that? <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> it's like, how can we trust you? Yeah. So, so yeah, so Manifestation, so I just want to say the reason why Vic's Kitchen closed, it was almost like an organic closure. And um, it was so funny though, because when I did announce that she was closing, I had people queued out down the road buying the last products. It was hilarious. Um, and again, very grateful for that. But this, this is it. This, this is it. This is the, this is the brand. Anything else that comes out of this will be a subversion of this. Why? Because this is me. This, this is me. And, and, and I'm just, and I'm just still growing in this journey. Right. So she can only get better. But yeah, manifestation kitchen and also manifestation kitchen, manifestation kitchen came out of a genius conversation. She was, she came out because she was intuitively connected to. Vic's kitchen was, well, it was obvious. It was me. And then it was my kitchen, right? It's like anybody can be Vic's kitchen. And actually, if you look around, there's no other manifestation kitchen out there. This is it, 
right? And there's a reason for that. There's, there's a reason for that. Because what goes on in here is pure and absolute magic. And when I say that, I'm talking from every single pore of my being. I mean, I was telling you that this dress came from Africa a couple of days ago. Who knew? It's almost as if I had planned this for years. Look at, look, just look at the state. Look at me. Look at it. You couldn't make this up. This dress got made for me a year ago. Yeah. This, and this only got to me on Saturday, Saturday evening. You and I had planned this interview probably about three, four weeks ago. Yeah. We, and we canceled and, you know, you know, we canceled and then we did again. So my point is, is that everything that is happening here is complete divine intervention. Good. Complete. Let me tell you an interesting story. Let me tell you an interesting story. So, you know how I told you about the woman whose leg I touched and she said, oh, you know, um, that the pain never came back. She actually saw me before saying this, she actually saw me in a shop and uh, she walked in and she went, ah, you're here. And I went, sure. She went, no, I mean, you're in the UK. And I was like, where else would I be? She went, US. And I was like, okay, um, no, no, I'm back. I've been back since March. I'm back, you know. And she's like, no, she goes, but I had this feeling the other day that you'd left the country. Now, this woman and I are not close. We we like each other a lot. You know, we say hello to each other. We we support each other, but we're not close. And, um, and she says, and then she says to me, I'll be really surprised if by February you're not back in the US. And I'm thinking, girl, there's a pandemic. And then she's talking and she says, and then the other woman who's in, who owns the shop says, I know what you mean. You know, when you see someone, and you just think they're passing by. I was like, ladies. And they're like, no, we just feel like you're meant to be back in the US. Oh. And then I saw some friends last weekend and I told them about it. And they said, yeah, we get that too. Do you know that in less than a few days, a dear friend of mine in the US calls me and says, I'm inviting you to Hawaii. I'm still, I'm still, is, <laughs> I'm still shocked, man. <laughs> right. All I need to do is pay for my ticket and that's it. Everything else is covered. And it was just like, yeah, just come. Now, my point is when you are connected to your higher self, what you receive, the miracles that happen, even you yourself can't begin to imagine what that looks like. But if you come from a place where you come from a place where the language that you use is negative, I can't, I won't, I'll never. The emotion that is connected to those words are so much more stronger than I would love, I want. Because the words of I never, I can't, I won't are wrapped around with fear and fear is very, very strong. In Africa especially, I know in Cameroon where I spent 12 years, I know that when you say to someone, how are you? Their response is, oh, I did, I'm managing Oh, poor, poor, poor. Oh, the poor. Ah, and even if they're not poor, they'll tell you that so that you don't ask them for money. I haven't, I haven't eaten all day. <laughs> I haven't eaten all day. My back, my neck. I know you work I'm tired. I know Exactly. And you know what? That, that eventually comes true. What you say. Tongue, the tongue, the tongue is very powerful, you know. The tongue is so powerful, which is why, you know, it's always, it's always, you have to be really careful when, especially with our children, what we say to our children. Because it, if you think of how we're programmed, we're programmed because of what our parents told us. I was thinking today about finances. And one of the things that I realized in our household is whenever I wanted to speak to my dad about how much he earned and everything else, he was like, oh, no, we don't talk about money. Now, not talking about that and not talking about money, not talking about money. Imagine the effect it has on you when you're trying to create an empire. Create wealth as well. Right. So how we how we talk, speak to ourselves, how we speak to others, how we manifest things, it, it's it's very important. And the language that we use and also it's also coming, not coming from a place of lack. So when I get people coming to me, a lot of my clients will say, you say you can manifest. I want to manifest money. And I've had people seriously come to me and go, manifest my money. That's what I want. And I say to them, let's start with the work. And then I say, do you realize the energy that you're coming with when you're saying you want the money? Because one, you're pissed off that you don't have the money. Two, you're scared that you don't have the money. So the whole approach is coming from, I don't have. Negative place as well. It's a negative place. I had a woman who came to me 
And she was so hell bent. She was like, well, I just want money. So, you know, if this is what we're going to do, then that's what I want. By day, by the end of day one, it was a five day uh, process that I was running. By the end of day one, she started to cry because the work I had done with her, she actually realized that actually it wasn't the money she was after. She wanted time with her children. The money was just going to help make it best possible. She wanted to be able to travel with her children, her family, wherever she wanted to go. And then I said, but the how is none of your business. And my clients always go, when I say that, they're like, what? And I, the how is none of your business. Because two weeks ago, somebody's telling me I'm meant to be in America. There was nowhere in that handbook that a friend of mine was going to offer me a trip to Hawaii. Wow, that's great, man. We have to, everything we need is within us. Everything. We don't need anything else. We just need to use what we already have. We just need to use what God has given us. And that's why I'm here. I'm here to say, use what you've been given. Use your ears. Use your nose. Your eyes. But you know, people can also say, oh, Victoria, I listen to you good. But, you know, how can we know? How can we use those things? How, how do we locate those things? How do we use those things? You know, because some might be lost, like, you know, totally lost and and finding mm-hmm. his or her way, you know, how do you, how do you get to that, to that destination? You know? Yeah. So it's a process, right? It's a process. And it's something that if I, if I had to explain here, I would probably be here for like, you know, how many hours, let's say two times, it's over to 12 hours, right? Yeah. We'd be like, no, not to 20 hours. I'd be there for 20 hours because I would have to show the experience of working with someone. So what I would say is that if anybody has any questions, let them just contact me on Instagram and and book a call with me. I do offer free 15-minute conversations where you can have a chat and decide what it is that your need is. But the truth of the matter is everybody's need is different. Everybody's recipe is different. So what I do with people is I actually help you create your recipe because my recipe is different from yours. However, there are key ingredients that go into each recipe. So, for example, if you're looking at bread, right? If you want to bake bread, you know that you have to have uh, yeast, flour, and water, right? You know that, those three things. So, in those beliefs, I say you have to have belief. Faith. Yeah. And you also have the willingness, the willingness to do it. Because you could have all the faith in the world, and faith is relative. But if you don't want to do it, don't want to do it. You're not going to do it, right? So those are and and I move and I move those rest. I move those um, I move those ingredients around a bit. But then, when you make the bread, some people will put olives into the bread. Some people will put fruits into the bread. Some people want the bread plain. You want a wheat, you want a wheat bread? You want a white bread? Right. And those are the ingredients that I work with you to actually create. Because you hold that. Do you know how many times people actually get the most amazing things? And say, for example, you get a contract, an amazing contract. You get a customer and you get that customer. And then within two days, that person calls you and says, I've changed my mind. And it just falls. Or you get money and then it disappears. And whatever it is, it just falls. And what I say to people is I teach you how to manifest consistently. So you hold it. You hold it so that irrespective of whether there's an earthquake, a storm, whatever, COVID, you're still holding on to it. There's no, there's no pandemic stopping you. There isn't. People say to me, people, the, the shop, one of the shops that I provide um, cooking sources to ask me, and I said, oh, how's the pandemic thing? I'm like, yeah, it's great. And I said, well, how's Fixed Kitchen? I said, well, Fixed Kitchen is closed. I said, but, you know, you guys, people aren't seeing my products when they come here anymore anyway. They can't because of the way the shops have been des- redesigned. I said, but you know, whatever you've got, you'll sell. You'll be fine. By the time we come out of this and stuff, then Big's the, um, Kitchen may have gone through a whole new rebrand, and she will, but she will just be for products. She won't be to do with anything manifestation or healing or anything else. You know, yeah. and people go, oh, I go, yeah, because I am manifesting the life that I would love. But it's taken for me to go through. Understanding what my purpose is, because everybody's put on this earth for a purpose. And it says that in the Bible, you know, God has given all of us a, a purpose because he doesn't want us to go hungry. You know what I mean? I have a niece. God love her. She's amazing. Gorgeous. She is the most amazing hairdresser ever. She doesn't want to be a hairdresser. She wants to work in social media. 
And she goes, but I'm broke. And I'm like, your gift is there and you can earn whatever you want. She's in the States. I'm like, you can, you can earn whatever you want. Yeah, but I want to be social media. Okay. She, she can, she can also do the hair thing and be on social media as well. Again, that's where the willingness comes in, right? That's where the willingness, that's where the ingredients of willingness comes in. And all of us who were myself, I found my purpose. Um, yourself, I don't know if you have, but there's people, you know, there's people going to be listening to this going, what was I put on this earth for? And that's one of the other things that I help people find. I help you find your purpose because everybody was put on this. All of us have a skill that we were not taught. We were given it when we were born. But because we've been programmed, we've either lost it, forgotten it, or we've listened to people who said, no, that's not good enough. Yeah, because, you know, you know, back home in Africa, you, you've been from Cameroon, I, I from Nigeria, it's always a case of you want to work in the office, you know, you, yeah. you want that corporate life. But really, it, it might just be that you were put on this air to be like a good technician, a good electrician, a good plumber, a good gas engineer, you know, a good cleaner, a good cleaner you know, and... and and we, and we just we just let the, the things we see in the environment, you know, change our our mindset and our thoughts as well, you know, because you 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 see your friend, you know, wearing a suit, going to an office, canary wharf, you know, carrying a bag, you know, laptop and all that. You're like, oh my god, I want to be that as well. But your gift can just be you're a good you're a good cook, you know. Right, right. But our parents, the the our parents and the culture at the time. If you had said you wanted to be a cook, I remember my mom saying to me once, she was like, so you're literally, after all the degrees you've had and the jobs that you've had, you know, working in the corporate world, you're going to sit down and make pepe. That was what my mom said. She goes, you're going to sit down and just make pepe. And it was only when she looked at social media and everybody was interested in this teaching that she, oh, this teaching, this teaching is really good. It, it's the same as, you know, but there was a time when if you had gone to your parents and said, oh, I want to be a footballer, they'll say, my friend, get out. Football anchor, and then and then and then, and then it and then it's only now that footballers are any millions. I say my son, the footballer. That that goes it, for the that for the comedians, pe- people into um, tailoring as oh, well. You know, making clothes. Yes, you know, they, yes. they 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 want to see this validation. Back then, there was no validation, but now they see a lot of validation and th- things are manifesting, and they see these things all over, and they say, "Oh, oh yeah, oh that's great, that's yeah. good. Oh, you can do that. That's good." Exactly. So, but we, we all need to tap in. I had a client who came to me four years ago. He was completely depressed. His marriage wasn't going anywhere. And he came with his, with his wife to come and see me. And uh, we did some work, some intuitive work. And I asked him, I was getting a message that about drawing. So I said, do you draw? And he said, no. And his wife said, yes, you do. And he goes, no, I don't. And his wife went, well, when you used to work for the car company, you used to do their drawings. And he went, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was work. And I said to him, draw. He went, draw what? I went, draw. This guy went home and the review he sent me was unbelievable. He was like, Vic, he goes, I don't know what you've done or how you did it. He goes, but this drawing has just freed me up. Now on social media, when there's pictures of him and his wife, he's genuinely happy. Now, I don't know if he made money from the drawings. I don't think he did. But finding your purpose doesn't necessarily mean that you have to, you have to that you money. have to go and make money from it. It's about, it's about one, finding your joy, but two, connecting to your higher self. I have a guy, I have a guy who I'm working with right now um, in the corporate world. And the corporate company asked me to work with him, to do this work with him. So taking intuitive work into the corporate world. And this guy has worked for the company for years. And he, when I saw him, he was just beautiful black guy, but he, he's, he had no confidence. And his job was just about surviving. He couldn't tell his family what he was going through. So he was low. Do you know after about, I would say, uh, maybe about 10 sessions, if that, he has now found his purpose. And somebody who didn't think highly of him at all said to me, oh, my goodness, he's completely transformed. I, you know, they'd received feedback from someone else. Someone else had mentioned it. And then it came to me. 
And only because this guy had found his purpose and he's like a different person. His marriage is different. His interaction with his children is different. His relationships with his friends, with his colleagues is different. Finding your purpose enables you to connect to your higher self because it's effortless. When you are living in your purpose, you get given flights to go to Hawaii. You get given cars to be at your front door. You get given things without even asking. I woke up this morning to somebody offering me a huge amount to do a huge amount of work for my business. I hadn't asked for it. I wasn't commissioning for it. I wasn't paying for it. They were just offering. That's sort of stuff that happens to me continuously. Great, man. Great, 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 man. It's good, man. You know, it's good. It's good. But I think uh, before, before we round up this, I think you mentioned something about, you know, there's a time where you were kind of like lost, you were depressed, you know, and, and stuff like that. You know, if someone is going through that right now and someone comes to meet you and say, Vic, you know, I have issues, you know, I'm going through this, you know, and, you know, what would you say to that person? Well, it's again, I would invite them to come and do some work with me. Why? Because a lot of this work is really confidential. You know, a lot of this work is confidential, but trying to understand what that actually means. So how is that manifesting in people's lives? So when I got told I was depressed, I, the response was, you're not depressed. You're just not connected to your purpose. So it's understanding what that actually looks like because depression can come in different formats, right? You know, you, you've got people, when people are depressed, there's, there's obviously a history connected to it as well. So you almost break, you, you almost have to break those relationships, those mental relationships with things that have happened, but also to see how that manifests in their life a lot, because sometimes you'll get people, you'll, how can I explain this? Okay. So a lot of the times, especially when we're feeling down on ourselves and, and depressed, we don't think that we're good enough, which means that we can get offered some of the most amazing gifts. We don't see it as gifts. And which means that when we actually receive something, we tend to sabotage that. We tend to create, either we think it or we act it out so that it doesn't come towards us. So trying to have a conversation around what that, how that manifests into their life will allow us to kick off the work and um, yeah, and, and it could take, it, it could take 10 sessions or it could take more. It depends on the individual. Yeah, Vic, it's been, it's been nice having this conversation with you, man. And, and it's, it's, it's been great, you know, love all, love all the whole, everything you're talking about, you know, I'm just, you know, I, you can see how I'm, I'm just listening, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, a, I'm like a good student here right now. <laughs> <laughs> you're listening. I know it's, it's work that is uh, fascinating. It's work that needs to continue to be out there. And it's not just about my business. I believe that if somebody can listen to this podcast and take something away from it, then by all means, please do, you know, please do. And, and also for the children that we have out there, you know, I have a niece who loves boxing. And one of the things that her mom does, my sister, is she encourages all her children to follow whatever they're going into because you never know which one is their genius. The same niece, you can give any, give her any math problems. She's only 10, but you can give her any math problems and she'll give you the solution. Like literally you'll mention, you'll mention a math uh, problem and she'll be sat at the table and she'll just tell you the answer. But it's so interesting that the woman who she's named after is my mum, and my mum was a banker and my mum does the same thing. There are no coincidences in this world. I believe that people who come through through your life, they're either there as a blessing or as a lesson. There are no coincidences. When you walk out of your home, whether you take a left or right, there's a reason why that happened. There are no coincidences. And the more aware you're, you become of all these things, the people you speak to, the food you eat, the decisions you make, there are no, no, no coincidences, which is why whenever there's a decision, I pray about it. I ask for guidance because I know that my ego, whether it's my fear or my overexcitement, could decide to actually make up my mind for me. And I make sure, I try and make sure that the decisions I make are the highest 
um, I come from my highest level of consciousness. Love this whole conversation, man. It's, it's great, man. You know, <laughs> but what what would be the last? What would be the one thing that you want someone to take away from this? You know, like you know, the one thing that I listen to Vic, you know, and Vic said this. You know, what would be that? What would be that thing? I would say that if nothing else, connect to your purpose because your purpose is not about you. It's about the rest of the world because. As long as you are holding on to that purpose, then you are cheating someone else in this world from taking advantage of the gift that you have to provide. Great, great. Love it, man. So I want to get in touch with you, you know, where, where, where's the best place? I, I know you've mentioned, you mentioned your social media and all that, but, but just for the <laughs> Instagram. Go to Instagram. Honest to God, go to Instagram. I have created such an all singing, all dancing bio on Instagram. Go on Instagram. You can WhatsApp me from there. You can, uh, you can message me. You can access me from Facebook. You can, you can do whatever you want from Instagram. I'm on there. You can message me, call me the lot. You can do all of that from Instagram. So just, yeah, connect me on Instagram and go to my bio. Manifestation Kitchen. <laughs> it's great man it's been nice having you you know and uh grateful that you came on the show you know we, we connected and hopefully you know we'll build a good relationship you know and, and stay friends for a long time and and I, and, I, and i also have given me those manifestations as well you know <laughs> i want some of them <laughs> there's an ulterior motive to this to this relationship huh is that you just want to be my friend just because you want the manifestation no because no it's not it's not it's not, it's not because of that but you know but it, that, that that's that's what comes with you that's you so if i'm being your friend i'm, I'm having that as well i meant to that now it's, it's, it's a wonderful place and i'm honored and thanks so much for giving your time the space your audience to actually be able to pass on this message and hopefully like i say if it just transforms one person's life then our work here is done yeah yeah definitely man. 100 man nice one victoria man good thank you so much guys <laughs>